0: Hey, this is H one. H one is back, bro. H one. H one. H one. I I know. I know. I know. It's been a while. But at the same time, I'm back with the heat. So, we are gonna be running it back with another episode, and I'm glad that you can be here so that you can learn about this chess analysis, chess wisdom, chess understanding. And it's really important for you to learn about this, what I'm gonna be talking about today. And what I'm gonna be talking about today is why chess doesn't care about your feelings and I know that this is something obvious like H1 what are you talking about boy what are you What are you talking about chess is just a game that has pieces on a 64 square board of course it doesn't have feelings it doesn't have a heart it doesn't have all this crap but just listen up a lot of people get attached and they get so attached to the game that when they lose they take it personally or When they lose a position that was supposed to be winning for them, or they lose a a last game of an important tournament, or we'll get into the next things in the next segment. So just sit back and relax and enjoy the podcast. Enjoy the episode because you're here and now you're mine. This is the waiting room segment. Chess jokes by H1. And the chess joke of today is not to brag, but I defeated our local chess champion yesterday in less than five moves. Finally, my high school karate classes came in useful. <laughs> <laughs> Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Man, when I was thinking of this title, I was just like, how can I bring me back? Well, to bring me back, I have to talk about some weird topics that nobody talks about. And it might be self-explanatory why chess doesn't care about your feelings, but I have to explain it in a deeper level so that you can get past this psychological barrier. So that you can really attain this mentality in every game that you play. So, here we go. We're going to start this off with saying that being kind is impossible in chess. Being kind in chess isn't a good combination. Just think about it. Think about it for a second. Do you think that Magnus Carlsen is kind to every person that he plays? Especially if you have this contender that's trying to take your World Chess Championship from you. And they should have like a belt or something for... um the top chess player on the planet. Like, they should have, like, a belt just like in WWE. You know what I mean? That would be dope, like a chess belt. But anyway, let's get back on the subject. Being kind in chess isn't a good combination. It isn't a good combination because somebody has to lose. Somebody has to lose. Not every game end up in a draw. So, since somebody has to lose... You would see something weird at a chess tournament. If we're ever gonna have a chess tournament again. It's it's coming it's coming back through, so we're getting past the illness. But in my younger days, going to a chess tournament, I would see the losers and the winners. And you can tell the difference. You can tell the difference between the person that is smiling and the person. That was not smiling. That was mad. And they was begrudgingly shaking their opponent's hand and didn't even, didn't even want to set back up the board. It was like pouting. And then when I played chess, when I played opponents right in front of me, I seen chess players cry right in front of me after a loss. Because they gave it their all, and it's still, then they didn't succeed. And so, I was looking at them, and this happened to me in my younger years. Um, Actually, this is more common in elementary school, but it's kind of even more weird as an adult, even though it still happens. It still happens. But, as a kid, I never really understood why people got so emotional about chess. And this stuff happens all the time in competitive sports. But in the beginning of my chess career, I didn't understand. And I didn't understand because I wasn't ever in a team like in in like a team after school type of thing. I was never in baseball or football or basketball those things. I was never in it. I was never part of a team and I was never obligated to be my best. So, as I was looking at these kids and adults, cry, get mad, pout, not shake my little bitty hand, I was wondering, why don't these people just grow up? Like, that was this was me as a kid. This was me as a kid. Don't be knocking me off. Like, hey, I was a ruthless person. I was a ruthless little kid, okay, playing chess, beating adults. And I had to be like that because when you didn't win games as a kid, you only get one try. You only get one chance. And an adult who can't beat you will play you all the time. So I treated every game like it was my last. And it was kind of like my last because I like playing I like playing chess. I like playing chess 24-7. So as I was thinking about these adults or these kids like to grow up, Then I started wondering and this was like a a long period, like just years in and me finally getting this. And then I, I, I used to ask the question, why are you or these people getting so emotional about this game? I understand if like somebody has something in stake to win a game like money and things of that nature. And even if it's about the money, bro, go do go do some DoorDash or something. Come on, bro, go work. <laughs> like this, th- that's dangerous. I wouldn't want to be put in that gambling position. But anyway, why are these people getting so emotional about this game? Is that and as an adult, understood, understood specifically why chess did this to people. And this is just only a few reasons that I can think of. If you could think of more, hey, yeah, good to you. And you might be a psych- psychologist too. But chess can really make people vulnerable to their weaknesses. Maybe you might feel inadequate or robbed of an opportunity. Or maybe you might feel like this isn't, this isn't me anymore. Maybe I should quit. Actually, I'm going to quit and start playing checkers with my friends again. Why checkers? Don't go back to checkers. At least go back to something else like Connect 4. Like, come on. Why? <laughs> okay, okay, let me let me quit. But just when somebody loses, the person either prevails afterwards. Or they just never touched the game again. Depending on the loss. Especially if it's like a, um, the last game of the tournament. And then you lose it. And you was part of a team. And that team depended on you to win. And all the the stress, the, the tension was on you. Man, imagine all that pressure on a 10-year-old. That would be crazy. I, I wonder why that 10-year-old would not play chess again. But there was something... That I realized, and that I taught my kids as I got older, is that there is nothing, nothing wrong with crying at a chessboard, and there is nothing with there is nothing wrong with getting angry at a chessboard. I used to tell the kids that I taught all the time that there is nothing wrong with putting all of your emotions on the chessboard, because if gary kasparov who was a former world chess champion and every game he played you knew based off of his face what emotion he was showing then you can do it too clearly don't hurt anybody but still like y- you can show your expression it just showed how much you care I remember this uh, this one movie where the guy lost and he punched him s- square in the face after the loss. I'm like, bro, don't don't do that. Clearly, don't hurt anybody. But like, it's nothing wrong with being emotional. It's nothing wrong with being emotional as long as you change that experience to get in maybe I don't know revenge, a healthy competition. And then realize, oh snap, I should be learning more, getting better, trying to achieve more. That's like a healthy thing to go through so that you can be an upstanding adult. And I do feel that those experiences will shape your future. Because you can be that person that never learns from your mistakes. Or the genius that doesn't always win the battle, but win the war. You know what I mean? So when you lose a game... just quit. Don't quit. There's no time for quitting. Just keep on proceeding. And I know it could be like the worst pain ever, especially when you lose a game that you were supposed to win. Let's say that you was playing a game and then you realize, oh snap, I was up two queens and they back ranked checked me with a rook. How did this happened. That's some crap. I'm gone. What What kind of hypocrisy is this? Like, for real. What kind of uh, Illuminati stuff is that? Like, for real? And, you know, it, it's crazy how that can make you feel so terrible. Especially if there was so much tension on you. And that pain... Just like I said before, imagine if that was the last round and everybody depended on it. And even more even more stressful, imagine it was the last round of your high school tournament as a senior. So you won't have no chance of going back to 12th grade unless you fail every class. You know what I mean? And losing hurts. Losing sucks. But... My motto will always be that you lost for a reason. And I know, and I know it might be harsh, and you might be thinking about that, like, what what the you telling me that I lost for a reason? If a baby starts crying in the stand and my stomach hurt and things of that nature? Yes. Yes, I am. Especially for those little excuses. You better give me some real reasons. Like, first of all, if your stomach hurt, you shouldn't be lactose intolerant. And second of all, if if a baby was screaming in the stand, then you can put on some headphones to make sure that that baby, you can't hear. Okay? So, no excuses ever. You lost because you were, you was messing up and you wasn't prepared enough. You wasn't prepared for the consequences. Eat those L's and learn to improve your chess skills so that it happens less. It's still going to happen, but you want it to happen less. So if you take anything from this first segment, make sure you eat those L's. Make sure that they're delicious. Season it a little bit. Do what you can do. But at the end of the day, eat those L's and keep on improving. chess doesn't care about your feelings and since we know that now since we know that now you're gonna have to consider this next point and this next point is really important this is like the key to becoming a good chess player a better chess player becoming basically like one of the top chess players a Akaro Nakamura or Vishyana, or Gary Kaspar, Bobby Fischer. Maybe that bring bring some bells in your head. Bobby Fischer. And Bobby Fischer really had this mentality. And this mentality is you have to adapt to any situation, to any position. And remember this principle. Remember this, because this is important. You can't Be successful in chess without being logical and blunt. Let me let me say that one more time. You can't be successful in chess without being logical and blunt. I I know, I know, I I said it twice. I I know, I know, I know, and and it's amazing to me how people aren't logical and blunt especially in my rating. Everything is good when you're winning. But the hard part comes when you have to recognize that your position is garbage. Like seriously, once you recognize that, you're good. You're good because there's something special about that that you're playing in this tournament, right? You're playing this this chessboard, this two-hour time limit tournament, okay? And then, one hour in, you realize that you don't have any good moves. And then you realize, oh, snap, my pieces are cramped. I don't have any good plans. No pawn breaks. My king isn't castled. My position is trash, bro. My position is trash. And then your opponent is like, get over here. And then it's like, dude, no, you stay over there. There's no getting over here. Stay, stay over there. So one thing that I can realize is that there is definitely some real delusion when you're like a lower rated player and to become a stronger player, you have to get rid of this delusion. And I've had lower-rated players, lower-rated players, try to convince me that their position is winning when they're like down a rook or their king is being attacked. I got this defense right here. I could do this. I could do that. And I can maybe do this. And it's like, bro, if they did the best move, which is this, you lose automatically. People don't understand that it's like, dude, you can't help this. This this is garbage. This is helpless. And until you can properly critique your position, properly critique your position, you can't improve in chess. I still can't. <laughs> I still can't believe that. Um, that, that player, that lower rated player is trying to tell me that a position is winning for him when it's not, man. And they'd be pulling out some imaginary stuff like, dude, dude, get out of here with that. Get out of here with that, bro. Dude, get out. Get out of your head. So, I guess the real question is this. How do you know you're being honest about your position? How do you know that? Well, when you can prove in a proper evaluation who is better. And you know what evaluation I'm going to talk about. I like judging a position based off of king safety, time, quality, space, and pond structure. And there's a lot more stuff. Center control that you can put in there. And um, what's, what's something else? Uh, material. Who's up in material? And even... After judging a position based off of that, then the hard part is you have to prove who is better or worse with proper calculation because tactics can change a game immediately. You might have a really good pawn structure. You might have less pawn islands and your opponent has two double pawns and you might have more space or more quality in your pieces, but your opponent has one fork, and one pin that can destroy your whole position. So, it is good to do proper calculation and know what your opponent is doing at all all times. And once you know what your opponent is doing at all times, then you can formulate your plans immediately. This can help you stay away from fairy tales on the chessboard when you can do a proper calculation, and judge a position off of what? King safety, time, quality, space, and pawn structures. Just remember this. Great players are never satisfied with how they play. Nobody is perfect, so it is a favorable quality to always think you can improve something about your gameplay. Even when you see chess players on YouTube, or you see the greats like Magnus Carlsen, he's the best player in the world, or Fabiano Caruana, he's the best player in the United States, or any of these greats, you can see that they're always judging themselves, judging their gameplay, seeing what they can improve on. Can they improve on attacking, defending, getting better at novelties of the opening? It's always something. Never be satisfied. Never be content. Be ambitious. Hey, a girl always wants an ambitious guy, so why not be ambitious on the chessboard? Come on now. I know you. I just gave you a hint. Hey, what's up? But never be satisfied with how they play. So just a review, you have to adapt to any position. You can't be successful in chess without being logical and blunt. Okay, and you have to get away from the fairy tales and how to get away from the fairy tales. I'm going to say this again. King safety, time, quality, space, pawn structure. And I'll be going over um, some of those five things in this season in depth, because I know that a lot of players need this knowledge, need this information to get to the next level. Get past 1,600, get past 1,000 and things of that nature. And maybe get past 2,000, you know? Or be better than most of the grandmasters out here. You know what I mean? And remember this last tip. Great players are never satisfied with how they play. Because guess what? There is always better. There's always better. You can only quit if you're playing like an engine. If you're playing like Stockfish, you're good. But if you're listening to this right now, I already know that you got a heart, a brain, and our dying flesh. <laughs> that just got dark. Okay, I'll see you on the ending. <laughs> This is the waiting room segment. Chess quotes by H1. And the quote of today is, Chess is the struggle against the error. By Johannes Zukertort. Thank you for listening. Hey, hey, this is H1, bro. Hey, this is cool that you made it this far. I just wanted to let you know that. This is really dope. And guess what? I got some information for you. So if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, just, um, if you want to support the podcast, just go on the reviews, send like a good message, hopefully five star. But but if not, then I'll be listening to the critique. Um, Yeah, that would be dope. Not gonna lie because you know this is free so but, hey if you want to support the podcast that that would be awesome and then plus you know if you don't want to skip any of the episodes that will be coming weekly then I would I would follow it I would I will push the follow button so that you can stay notified on every week when I post so here's the thing I'm gonna be going my Instagram is h1chess, my YouTube is chess knowledge with h1, my Facebook group which I talk personally w- with people in the Facebook group is chess knowledge with h1. And on the other note, this this thing that we have done was great and you will see me next time when we will be going over the one of the evaluation tips that I went over in this episode but more in depth if you like this I, I, yeah just, just hit the review, I already told you thank you thank you for listening thank you for even still listening to me right now and right now and right now I appreciate the support and we're going to be running it back with another episode next time. So, until then, see you later, everyone. See you later.